Welcome to Let's Talk Dog Business. Today, we are going to be delving into why did you start your business? Was it for the love of dogs or was it to escape the corporate grind? Join us on our conversation and see if anything resonates with you. Did you see the poll in our Facebook group the other day on why people got into dog training business or dog professional business? Yes, I did. And I found it... What? I found it quite interesting, actually, with the results. What did you think? I was... I kind of expected it with those options. So read out the options. What what was on there again? The one that definitely had the highest number of votes was they got into it for the love of dogs. Yeah, so the question was, what led you to work with dogs or is the driving force for those planning to start? And the options were improve lives of dogs, improve lives of owners, love of dogs preventative, find working with people difficult, an easy way to make money. Funny enough, (laughs) nobody picked that one. Issues with my own dog meant I learned a lot and wanted to share with others, determined to do it better than others near me. And then somebody had added as an extra option, get out of the corporate grind, which I thought was was quite a good one to add. Yeah. No, I, I expected the answers for love of dogs to be quite high on that list because it's it's animal industry isn't it yeah and I think it's a passion puller definitely a passion puller and I think you kind of see this crossover within industry but so I was looking at some scientific papers the other day as part of my uni degree and some of them are actually quite interesting so I think I'd sent one to you mm-hmm. and it was about public perception versus veterinary perception surrounding costs specifically on that paper. And the public's perception was that I think vets should put animal welfare and the love of animals ahead of any fees. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Because it definitely gets pulled in on any animal profession, whether you're a trainer, groomer, you know, if you've got a dog that needs a groom every four to six weeks, there's obviously Mm. going to be a cost associated with that. But then I have heard of instances where the the kickback has almost gone to the groomers if you say, well, you know that this dog needs a groom every week. How do you expect me to keep on top of that? Yeah. And it's almost like you end up You don't want to end up in this arguing situation, do you, with the client and the professional? But it all comes from this love and empathy of the animal. Yeah, that grooming one's quite an interesting one, isn't it? And you hear that quite a lot, that owners let their grooming lapse and then the dog needs completely shaving Mm -hmm. off or or going very short and not what they expected. And the groomers yeah. are kind of like in that position of going, well, hang on a minute, if you'd have kept it up yeah, um, yeah. and done the in-between bits of grooming, then we you know, we wouldn't need to do this. But then they get really annoyed with the groomers because they're like, well, that's not what I asked for. And I mm-hmm. don't want my dog looking that short and like a pipe cleaner or whatever they look <laughs> <Pipe> like. Cockapoos <laughs> <laughs> look like pipe cleaners when they're, uh, when they're really short, don't they? So that, that kind of, I hear that a lot. And it's kind of the blame is put at the groomers door and it's like hang on a minute like you have a dog that's curly you have a dog that needs lots of coat maintenance you you consider that when you buy the dog don't you like as far as I can see 
it's the reason I don't have dogs like that because I wouldn't be able yeah. to keep up with the maintenance of it and I don't want to either. No, and it, it, it is because it's one of those things where I, you, you can almost, well, you, there's no almost about it, you can understand it from both sides mm. of the unintended argument. You can understand it from a genuine, a person's point of view of love for that, animal for that dog you know wanting to do best for them wanting them to have the the best life but also the reality is that money is going to come up in every circle of life whether you're a business owner or not money is part and parcel of everybody's life it's always going to be a contentious issue because some people have it some people don't and it then goes into other questions of well, why have you gone and got all of these things to then spend more money on and these things again could could be living things like your animals and ones that do need more looking after, whether that's from a training point of view, a grooming point of view, a, a genuine walking point of view and basic welfare needs of feeding them. But on the flip side, from a business point of view, which is still linked in with that human side of it, you there are operating costs mm. and those costs have to be covered. And in order for you to live... A good life and it's something that I'm really passionate about and I see this a lot in the social media groups when money is brought to light about wanting to do everything that they possibly can but at, at what there ultimately is a cost and what I tend to see more of is it it's a cost to the person who actually wants to do the best because mm. you then start to deliver and over deliver and you offer free sessions or you'll offer additional time or you'll offer your own mental health like there's a cost in some way shape or form when you put the that needs and the welfare first and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be thinking welfare but you should also be thinking as a business and going I have to cover my living so how are you mm. going to pay your bills if you're passing on free work because you feel bad yeah. it's just yeah and at the end of the day you are there to make a living and just because your business is an animal related business doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the public should perceive it any differently to if it's not and if it's a vehicle yeah. or if it's a electrics yeah. or plumbing or mm -hmm. any other service like that and, mm -hmm. I, and as I know People are probably going to be going, oh, that's not the same. It's not, you know, we've just done an interview with Joe Rosie Haffenden and we were talking about the, mm. the sentient being, like people view it differently because it's a dog. And there's always, I think it comes down to that balance thing, doesn't it? Mm. Like there's always a balance with these things. Yep. So we don't need to just forget their sentient beings at the end of the day. And we, mm -hmm. we don't want to not feel that passion about them. But at the same time, we do need to remember that we are a business and we are yeah. there to make money and make mm -hmm. a good living and yeah. all those kind of things yeah. as well. And if anything, I think there's a lot of, as with anything, but again, with, with money, you're going to get lovers and haters out there as you are with everything. And I'm definitely in the love camp of money. I like having it. It makes my life loads better. It means I can give my kids a really good life. It means I can actually look after my dogs a hell of a lot more and I can do more things. And... That's why we've partnered up with charities because we want to do good things with the money that we earn. And I think we have to start looking at what we can do when we are in a position to give back. Mm. But ultimately, you still have to selfishly put you and your family first, as well as your clients, 
because you can do it all. You can have a successful business and deliver an amazing service to people because, well, without it, like, what's the point in anything? Like, Yeah. And also, money isn't just money for money's sake. Money is freedom. Yeah. So if you've got money, you've got the freedom to to design that life how you want it to be. You can mm-hmm. spend more time with your family. You can spend more yeah. time with your dogs. You can really focus on the things that really matter to you. When you haven't got any money, you're just scrabbling about trying mm-hmm. to find it. Yeah. And you will you are more likely to take on anything, aren't you? And that's the the big battle with with our kind of that outlook on this is that we're trying to tell people you don't need to just do that. You can mm. just look at what your life, what you what, want your life to look like and plan it around that accordingly. And yeah. You bring money in in a different way to what you might have thought originally. Yeah. Some of my hardest months have been when I've sat there and I've gone, oh, my God, I need some money coming in. I haven't got any. And then you suddenly get an inquiry and you're like, yes, right, I need to get that. And you send an email out and it's like, this is why you should work with me. I've been doing this for so many years. I've got this, I've got that, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this, whether it's experience, qualifications, whatever it may be. I've worked with those dogs. I love those dogs. Here's how you can work with me. You can have a one-off, two-off, three-off, four-off, five-off. You choose, all down to you. Please, God, give me the money. (laughs) (laughs) And you really start to panic. And then, lo and behold, you may attract that client to then come on and you go and deliver a session. And then immediately you're like, oh my God, what on earth? What have I done? am I doing working with this? And you just hate, or I did. I was like, I hated doing sessions like that because it didn't align with anything. But you know what? You don't know any different. No. If you don't know any different, you just do it because that's what everybody else does. And that what you've just mentioned there is really significant because if you're, the more information, in our heads as dog professionals, the more information and more skills we've got and we tell people that we can do and we can help you with this, we can help you with that, it justifies that bringing that client on yeah. board and delivering that service that we we would like to deliver. It, it almost like justifies it. But in doing that, it confuses the hell out of them probably about what we do offer. Yeah. Keep it simple is what we've learned. Yeah, yeah. If anything, the more and more I, I kind of go down this route and since becoming a parent, if I was to look on like booking a... A cl- I, I, we were talking earlier about maybe looking at getting some Spanish lessons for the kids. Mm. Now, if I typed into good old Google, like Spanish teacher for kids or something, so the equivalent of typing in dog trainer, and then all these things came up and then their website was just full of, well, I've been doing this for so many years. I studied here, 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 and here. I've got this A-level, that thing, uh, this GCSE, but whatever it may be, all of the stuff I'm like, do I really care on the grand scheme of things? I'm assuming you can deliver the thing that I'm looking for. Can because you you've teach got a my children Spanish? Yeah. Is all you need to know. Yeah. Like, if you can do it, awesome. <laughs> and then the next thing for me is, like, are we going to connect? Like, are we are we going to have a good relationship? Because ultimately, I care about my kids. Shock horror. <laughs> Same way as I would about my dogs. And if I'm going to bring any professional in, it's like, I want to know I'm going to get on with them. So if that website is just full of, oh, you could do this and you could do that and you could do that. And even if it was like, I don't know, you could do an online session. And this, this has happened. You can do an online session. You can taste a session. You can do a free session. So if you don't like it, you can walk away, no quibble. Um, but then you can do all these paid things. You can do a group one. You can't do that until you're age four. You can do that one at age two. You can do, I'm like, overwhelmed. What? 
completely overwhelmed. So then I end up messaging them going like, just what, what do I need to do? Basically, the, the information you need is where do I start? Yep. How do I start with you? Mm-hmm. Forget what I can do later on. That yeah. can be told to you. That can be that information can be given to you later, can't it? Mm-hmm. Do they really need to know that now? Yeah. It might be that you say we've got this initial offering, yeah. and we can. There are other things that we can offer you later on, but you don't need to know the detail because you're not there yet. Yeah, you're here. You're at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're not at that. Kind I'm literally of, just wanting to find out what's what's available, and who who feels right to to bring on who board. Aligns with you, and if anything, that's what. That's exactly what we should be doing as dog professionals. Mm. It's like I don't need to be filling the world with all of this stuff. And if you bring it back to that poll then, so the majority of people, certainly in our group, and I'd like to generalise that because I think it is, I'd put money on the table and say that's a good generalised view of how people get into working with dogs. It's for the love of dogs. And if that is genuinely the case, then... You have to start thinking about what what specifically then about dogs is mm. it that you love? Because how does that align with the service that you're offering? Yeah. Because if you're a walker, and again, I can firsthand experience put my, my two pennies worth in this. Because my brain naturally goes to business stuff, I'm like, oh, I could offer walking because everybody needs a walker. And I'm always going to have money coming in. So I dabbled with the idea of offering it. And we did do it for a, a short period of time. And when I say a short period of time, I think I did three to six months because I hated it. It was not for me, which is weird because I actually, I do enjoy walking. But that's pleasurable with your own dogs. Yeah. When you're looking after other people's dogs that might not be how you would look after them necessarily. Mm-hmm. or do Because you're not, tra- there's an argument to say you do train them as you walk them a bit yeah the, the, there's elements of bits that, it's just yeah and I was like oh, do you know it just doesn't feel right and I don't enjoy it so I made and it's hard it's yeah. hard in all weathers isn't it yeah I like, you know what? I'm just I'm not interested in doing this all day every day and for me I was like I no I just, I just couldn't do it so I made that executive decision to go nope I'm, I'm counting that because I love dogs but I don't love that aspect of mm dogs you almost got it's awful as it sounds you've got someone else's problems with their dogs that Mm -hmm. you have to manage for an hour yeah and and manage them as a group as well if you do group walks Mm -hmm. and and manage that dynamic between that dog Mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily how you would do things with that dog but you're you know you're paid whatever 10 12 quid an hour to manage that bring it into the group of other dogs that are very different from that dog Mm -hmm. they've all got different energy needs and exercise levels and all those kind of things and you just go well you're just a dog walker and it's like there's yeah, way more no. than that but you're just being paid 10 quid yep. to walk that dog mm-hmm. so like again you just go there are so many skills that you need to be a dog walker yeah. and this this conversation isn't about, about belittling dog walkers because i did it for mm-hmm. seven eight years it isn't that it's just saying it's a really undervalued service it's massively undervalued i would much rather pay and ultimately, this is why for me personally, so I've got Huskies, I don't trust many people with those dogs. And that arguably that could be because of what I do being a trainer and I know a lot of mm. stuff about it. So I'm very, very particular on who I let in. But then some things I see, and I think it does come down to that 
somebody has gone into a business because they love dogs, but then if there's no understanding of them, and I think that's a key, yeah. key differentiator there. I, my fear would be certainly with my dogs is that they would be let off the lead because they're pretty good, but then there's no way you're a, a certain person would not be able to get them back. Mm. And that certain person, unfortunately, is the majority. Arguably, a lot of that is down to breed. But again, it's that whole, mm, I just wouldn't necessarily trust it. And then if you tried to put them into a group situation, if you managed it well, that'd be fine. Mm. But you've also but got other dogs to manage as well as I mean. those there's dogs. A, there's a lot so going on. So those dogs might have their own little foibles about their mm -hmm. behaviour. And yeah. then you've got others. And then you go, well, if those dogs go somewhere what am I going to do with these? Because I need to get those back and they've all got to come with you and yeah. maybe overwhelm a dog that they've run mm -hmm. over to or yeah. something. So that was always, that's why I, when I dog walked, I went nowhere anyone else was mm -hmm. because, and I'd only keep groups small. But so the, the other temptation is because you're not getting that much money for doing it, the groups get big. Yeah, bigger, and yeah. then you get this out of control thing, don't you, with, mm -hmm. with some dog walkers. Obviously some are good and they keep the group small. Um, and then, and I think that what people should be owning in that, if you're keeping those groups small and you're giving that value of, I've only got a really small amount of dogs here. I could, I've got, I hate the word control, but I've got, I can mm. manage them all really well. Yeah. Then you should be able to charge a premium for that service. Yeah, absolutely. Over. I would much rather pay a premium to go, I feel comfortable that, that you are A, coming into my home. So I need to trust you with keys in a lot of instances. Yeah. I need to trust you with my dogs. I need to, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And I would much rather pay a premium knowing all of that is taken care of. Yeah. And this is where we undervalue ourselves when we go into business because we love something. Now I'm all mm. for loving something like I'm, and this is where it sounds a little bit contradictory, but you, you have to go into business loving something because you, without that passion, you've got no chance of getting anywhere. But if you leave it at that surface level of, well, I just love dogs. And then you kind of fumble your way through. And arguably you can apply this to any industry. It doesn't need to just be dogs. But you have to really look at, again, the, the, the business side of it and start to go, right, okay, so if I love it, how can I make sure that I, I do love it and I get the end result of who I'm working with to love it as well? So even if you go back to that grooming example, pull together some packages that allow the client, the human, to see the value in going regularly. And continuing yeah. working with so that how, same person. How can you do like an education package or a value proposition to go, this is what I need to enrol you on? If I was running the groomers, and I know we've spoke about this, but if we was to ever launch a grooming arm to our business, it's exactly what we'd be doing. I'd be oh. like, you'd be on monthly memberships to keep you in because it's it's going to tick over all the time. Yeah. And if that, that package is set out with this is how many sessions you're going to get in that package or however you whatever you want to call them, people are going to people are going to keep up their appointments, aren't mm -hmm. they? And they're going to feel like it's they're going to feel like it's something that they should not just should be doing, but something that they they have paid for mm -hmm. and it's it's there, it's part of what they've they've gotten as that service. Mm -hmm. And it's that we want to keep coming and we mm -hmm. want you to be the person who looks after our dog mm -hmm. and we want to see the value in all of those things as well. So mm -hmm. it kind of almost makes that commitment a bit yeah. higher, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think by valuing your 
yourself, your skills and your business, you start to attract different clients anyway. Oh, well, look how different our businesses are now. Mm, yeah. to how The people that I get now are totally different yeah. from the people I got before. There are some people, some clients that have had repeat clients and they're the really nice, dedicated ones. But there are a lot of people that I, are, yeah, you just don't see the same kind of client. No. And it isn't the clients that have loads of money or it's just your values and their values align and mm-hmm. they see that it's see a longer term program yeah. as a real benefit to either them, their dogs, everything, mm-hmm. you know, the whole package yeah. is there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important as well to something you mentioned in that was it it can change. So you may have gone into this, like we've been in it over a good 10, 15, 20 years collectively. And that, where we first started, was very different to where we are now because you do naturally grow and you do naturally start to love different things. And you realise that, so like even for me, I would say that my training business was very heavy on the practical side of it initially. And now we've moved away from it completely because since... I've become a parent and I was more time focused on the kids. I had to, or rather I wanted to change the business model to accommodate the busy lifestyle. And I thought, you know, in order to do that, I'm going to just change or rather my, my passion started going a bit off on a tangent in looking more at the knowledge side of it rather than the practical. So I just started going, Okay, how can I attract clients and that want to understand more about why their dogs do these behaviours and little things that they can implement that form part of a busy lifestyle so you're not actively having to do anything. So it's not fixing a problem as such, it's working through a journey and a plan and a almost like a little bit of a therapy session. So I leaned into the pain points that I think a lot of people in training industry have about being a therapist and all of that. Mm. I leaned into it because I found I quite enjoyed that bit. I quite enjoyed the psychology side of it and I quite enjoyed pulling marriages and couples back together when they're sat on opposite ends of the sofa going like, fucking dog. <laughs> I enjoyed it. So I leant into it. I was like, ooh, okay, I'm doing it for the love of dogs, but I'm doing it in a way that actually better suits me now. Mm. And you're making big changes by you being the person that instigates those conversations as Mm -hmm. well. So it's down to them to sort it out between themselves. But you're the one going, this is this is what needs to change. This is you either need to change or the dog needs to change. And you or you come in and meet in the middle Mm -hmm. and you're the person that's instigating that. And I think that that is massively helping the dog, the owner, all those, yeah. basically all those things in the poll <laughs> you're yeah, doing, yeah. but you're just not doing it in the way that I don't think a lot of people would see mm-hmm. would be the way that they would work, for yeah. example. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, it, it is interesting. And like I said, for me, I, I love it because I do love dogs. But then arguably you could still say I have got a bit of him imposter syndrome when it comes to the practicality of training dogs because I'm not as hands-on as I ever used to be and even after we'd spoken to Joe Rosie I was thinking my god if I ever had to train a dog in front of her no chance would I all those imposter feelings would come back in but then I was like well actually it's my choice to have gone down the education side of it and I love it I love my job I love being able to talk to people but 
I've lent into the things that interested me to best benefit the dog instead of trying to force myself to do all of this practical stuff, which clearly after 10 years just doesn't seem to be my back. But why should I not be able to call myself a dog trainer nonetheless when, okay, it's just a different angle of coming mm. at it and it's open and honest from marketing and public point of view. They know what they're buying from me. And let's be honest, you're an amazing trainer, but your your head and your focus is more on something slightly different than it is mm. on that practical side. Yeah. And what one person's skill set might be or, or their passion might be more for yeah. is not what the next person's is anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming back to the business side, when I started my business, I had no clue about biz a business. What? <laughs> so I really want to go out and help people. And I really want to do all this pre preventative stuff. And mm -hmm. I started with puppies. But, oh, God, I've actually got to do all these other things. I've got to keep my accounts. I've got to, you know, I've got to be admin. I've got to, like, make sales. I've got to do all these things or bookings. Um myself and it's kind of like that gets pushed to the wayside and all your focus is these people these dogs I need to help yeah. them I need to help them and actually your business goes kind of it almost like trails along behind it yeah. and if I'd have looked at it like I look at it now I could have had I mean I don't regret where I came from and where I am because I don't think I'd be where I am now if I hadn't done that but at the same time like it would have been really nice to have that guidance mm. and go just because, um, like we've had a message of somebody this afternoon just saying there isn't enough dog-focused business advice out there. Yeah. But that's great. But um, that's what we're aiming to do. But at the same time, like general business advice is still applicable to the dog mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. So we don't always have to kind of compartmentalise it. But, you know, we're here because we feel like a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And they can't look outside of the industry to get help. Mm -hmm. So I guess to have our, we've been there, we've done that, we've got the t-shirt and we now want to teach you this way because we feel like our lives are just so more enriched yes. <laughs> as well as all the dog's <laughs> lives we've enriched as well. But yeah, it's yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's that whole, just, just bringing it back, that, that, that love of dogs on that pole is so overwhelmingly high that I just know, I know for a fact that nobody is looking, like you've just said, elsewhere to get any support and it the business does kind of just trail along behind you and it's almost like well where the hell do you start then so do you start off being a a sole trader do you just trade and not bank anything like what mm. what do you, how do you even take payments one bugbear of mine every business and trades people really annoy me with this why why do is it not possible for everybody to just pay by card we're in a world now where credit cards are a must. So you could potentially be turning work down by only making a bank transfer available to people. Pay yeah. the bloody fees on a system. It's not that much in the grand scheme of things. Which you can pass on to your clients. Yes. It doesn't have to pass be you that takes it and make it, make it easy for the person to buy off of you. And also safe, you know, if you're with a provider yeah. that uses, you know, it's got safe... Yep. ways of pay, paying for things people mm -hmm. are going to go oh they they must be legit because they've got you know paypal or they've got stripe or they've got GoCart or whatever it is that you yeah. use and so it also gives that peace of mind and professionalism yeah as well doesn't it yeah professionalism but, is oh, well, again can we back on we're going to keep mentioning the joe rosie conversation because we we it's quite a recent thing that we've just done but it's that how archaic are the mm. processes for dog professionals still it is still stuck in the 1970s and 80s, yep. isn't it? With the things that we, yeah. how 
a lot of people do things is that bank transfer, fill in a booking form that they physically have to type in and then send as an attachment or something or even a physical yeah. form that they have to post out to some somebody. Yeah. That is still what happens mm -hmm. sometimes. So yeah. you yeah. go, well, just make everybody's life easier. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah. Yeah. I do genuinely think if you used to get, certainly in the UK, <laughs> even if you've got like 100 to 500 dog trainers, they'd all be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. You may get a handful that are maybe slightly out of it. With it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, surely. And we're all saying the same things. I was even saying to a client yesterday about I needed him to change his behaviour to get a different outcome because he's been arguing with me for about six months now in a nice way. Like, we've got a good good relationship. It was a good bit of banter. And he was like, but what, why can't I just do this stuff? And I was like, Dave is the stuff that you've been doing, is it working? <laughs> and he's like, well, no. <laughs> I was like, so you need to put a different formula in that spreadsheet then, don't you? You've got, to, you've got to change it. So we can keep moaning about how, and I know moaning sounds a bit like a negative term, but it, it's essentially what we're all doing. It's essentially what's happening when we're going onto Facebook and we're typing all these things like, how does everybody cope with clients that don't, listen or do the things that we're asking them to do. I've fallen out of love with my business. I'm, I've fallen out of love with dog training. I've fallen out of love with walking. Um, I'm feeling tired, I'm burnt. It's the same thing mm. all the time. Going around in circles, isn't it? So if that's been happening for the last 10, 15 years and nothing's changing, why are we all doing it? Yeah. Why are we all doing the same thing? And it's also coming back to that poll and the option um, that someone added of getting out of the daily grind of corporate mm. I think we have that nice romantic notion of oh we're, we're in corporate everything's stressful mm. a lot of responsibilities and maybe they work in the city and it's just like very intense oh we'll start a dog business yay that sounds amazing you get to work with dogs and that, that freedom you get oh we have to actually run a business mm -hmm. like that's the aside <laughs> thing we're not first thinking let's start a business what can we start it in? Dogs. I love dogs. It's the other way around how people yep. do it, isn't it? And go, gotcha. look, I love dogs. I love dogs. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have to do all those other things now. How do I do them? I've no idea really, but I'll just bumble along and make the best out of it I can. Mm -hmm. And then it comes back to that, what you just said, all in a big circle. Oh, we hate it because it's too this, it's too that. It's not enough of this, not enough of yeah. that. Well, because you didn't strategize it. You didn't think yeah. about what you actually wanted before yeah. you started the business. Ultimately, every single one of you now who is listening... You have a business that you either love or you could potentially love again because you were, you're in it for a reason. You started it for a reason. Whether you see yourself as a business owner or not, or whether you see yourself as an accidental business owner, mm -hmm. which a I lot think a lot of people do. do. Yeah. Um, if you seek out the right support and you surround yourself with people that are going to guide you to help you get to where you want to go, you will have a business that you love. Mm. And why Regardless bother, of what why that bother is, trying and it not working? Why not try and you know it's yeah. going to succeed because you've got a good plan in place? Yeah. And I know we're going to come back to this on pretty much everything we're ever going to do because it's something that we are beyond passionate about. But circling back to putting that same formula in that Excel spreadsheet and it giving you the same answer and the same behavior keeps getting the same response. Something's got to change somewhere. So ask yourself, how long have you felt frustrated in your business? 
And I think frustrated is a good word because it doesn't mean that you don't like it, love it, whatever mm. it is. It could be, like I say, clients pissing you off. You're pissing yourself off because you're not earning enough money like a full-time wage. You're working all these hours and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Or the Emotional take, burnout, whatever it is. Yeah, and the minute you take your foot off the gas of getting, of, of coming out of your business to work on it, you mm -hmm. feel guilty for not being in it. And yep. you're turning people away that you could have taken on. Mm -hmm. And it's that mental battle. Yep, isn't yeah. It? All of that. I think the thing that is the biggest bugbear for me, when you are in a situation like that, with any one of those examples, and there's a million more, guarantee if a new shiny course came up for you to do, you'd do it. Absolutely. So why not reinvest that money? And let's face it, these CPD courses are not, you know, they're, they're priced they're priced adequately from a business point of view. So you're looking at 500 upwards, really, for a course. You might get these odd ones at like 50 quid and 90 quid and what have you. Conferences, I'd say mm. the minimum spend now is about, unless they're online, but any, again, anywhere between 50 and 200 quid. So how many CPD knowledge stuff are you doing throughout the year? Which is, I'm not knocking CPD, because I enjoy doing it too. But add up all of those. And if you did one year of focusing on your business, where could that lead you? And where could you be versus where you are now? Or keep doing what you're doing, gain some more knowledge. Let's face it, not do anything with that knowledge because you're burnt out, you're tired, you're still not attracting the right clients, you're still not getting enough clients. <laughs> and actually, let's ask that question, how many people do CPD they do nothing with? Yeah. I've done it. I'm guilty of loads it. Of I've, got, I've got loads of courses on that I, I haven't done. Yeah, um, and I love CPD. I, do, I genuinely love it. I love learning. Yeah, I do. But you've got to apply. And I think there is genuinely only so much knowledge you can keep taking on to be able to effectively impart. Because again, let's face it, if you're doing it for the love of dogs, what what exactly are you wanting to do? If you're doing all this CPD because you enjoy doing it, or it's from a place of fear that you don't know enough, well, look at the CPD that you have already got. And again, we're in a day and age now where a lot of this is online courses. So you've got lifetime access to it. Go back over that work on your business but to deliver that piece of cpd and also a lot of the cpd crosses over yeah isn't it? Of course they, it does. okay it might not be named the same yeah and it might come from a slightly different angle but it's going to be the same techniques it's going to be the same yeah. kind of mechanics involved yeah so you kind of go do we really need to do this again mm -hmm. maybe you want to hear it from that particular trainer yeah that particular person and that's it isn't it that's, it's that buy into that particular yeah. person so start thinking about it then the way you feel about wanting to buy into that person to do their course is how your clients need to be perceiving you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly like, I want to work with you. Why do I want to work with you? Not because you've done all the CPD. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Why do I want to work with that Spanish teacher? I don't care what she's done, but if she's got a night, I say she, very, very sexist of me, isn't it? Mm. If they have got a, a website that appeals to me, and it looks like something that I am interested in and I think the kids may enjoy, then I'm more inclined to go and inquire mm. and find out a bit more. And it will result in whether that person is the right person for you and your yeah. children as to whether you go with them. Mm -hmm. Because again, let's let's face it, people buy from people. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many things you offer, if you're not, not the right person for somebody, they're not going to go with you. Yep. Yeah, exactly that. So I think that <sighs> 
the things that are most important for people to be actioning right now is think about perhaps why you got into it. But I don't think that's the biggest thing. Like that's more of a, huh, more of amusing rather mm. than spending a lot of time focusing on it. Focus on where you want to be with it. I don't think enough of us focus on the future. It's very much about month by month. Mm. What do I need to do now to get some money in? Maybe you're not even thinking about it like that. Maybe maybe you're literally just stuck in doing, but you have to start planning. And it's the non-sexy stuff, but actually, if you do it, I quite enjoy it. I love looking at it and going, oh, how much are we aiming to make? How are we going to do it? How can we help people do that? What's the best product and service to be able to deliver that? All from how I, I love it, which is what, like I say, I've ended up landing on a, I want to educate people on dog psychology and that's how I've modelled the business. Mm. And for those who are looking to get into the industry, always have that core value of I love dogs or I do mm -hmm. it for the love of dogs, but think about the bigger picture. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah, indeed. So we hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you want to find out more about us, follow and subscribe. Yeah.